Hello and welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. If you are new to our channel, subscribe, hit a like on this episode. It's our light target of 900 likes on this episode. It is a big game, so make sure you smash a like and comment your thoughts in the comment section down below. So, big, big week ahead for Aston Villa up against two Top, top sides. Two teams that are currently above Aston Villa in the table at the minute. But as a Villa fan, I am really looking forward to these games. You know, we're sitting in a really good position. We're inside the top four going into December, which is amazing. I think the challenge for Aston Villa is can we still be in and around the top four or in touching distance come January? I think if we are, that would be an absolute remarkable 2023 and it would be a remarkable start to the season. We know we are currently not the finished article. There's teams like Arsenal, City, um, you know, Liverpool, who, who, who are starting to get back there. And, and for us to be competing with those teams currently, where we are in the table, is absolutely amazing. But the next step for Aston Villa is... Can we stay there and can we keep this level of points tally at the minute we are sort of nearly at two points? Well, we are at two points per game, kind of, but if you get to 15 and we're still on 29, we're just short of that two points per game. So we've got to just stay in touching distance. And I think these two games are important. They're both going to be very, very difficult against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City and Mikel Arteta's Arsenal side. But those are two games that Emery will be looking at and he will be relishing. And I think the fans should relish these games as well because we are a good team. We are doing really well at the minute. And this is our chance now at home, you know, two home games to, to really test ourselves and, and see where we are and is a challenge. And I think we've just got to embrace it because, yeah, we're playing two teams that, on paper, technically, are better than us. So it's down to us now to raise our levels and show what we're all about. And and I imagine that Emery will have been watching Man City and Arsenal very, very closely this season. That's the type of manager that he is. He doesn't just sort of get to this game and then start analysing. They've been analysing these teams for a long time. And because they are, and because Pep is, sort of the world's best coach. That's what Emery wants to become as well. Emery wants to be the best he can. And I can imagine that he looks at Pep's teams, he watches Pep's teams, he analyses Pep teams. And I think he will really want to hopefully have his game plan that can negate and counter-attack what Pep Guardiola does. So what we're going to do on this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into Manchester City, how they play, what they do, how has Pep evolved this season? Because, you know, you guys know that I love tactics. So when we're looking at Pep, then he's the, he's the GOAT. So we've got to look at his team and look what they're doing and, and look how they've progressed from last season. And then we'll have a little look at how teams have been able to hurt Manchester City. And then we'll have a look at some of the stats, etc. So we're going to go to the tactical pad now. So I've started off with Manchester City's team, how they started the game against Spurs. And then we'll take players out and we'll see how that can impact their team and what can happen. So they start off with 
a 4-1-4-1. That is their starting block of formation. But as we saw last season, the evolution of fullbacks going into midfield, but also centre-backs going into midfield. And this is the start of the tactic of the, the inverted fullback or central defender. And it was it was fantastic to see last season. John Stones was absolutely amazing in this role. And I just thought they were unbelievable last season. But this season, they are doing something a little bit different. So what they are doing, similar to last season, is they are having a Kanji, a central defender, going into midfield. So in essence, then they become a 3-2-5. But they also become a 3-2-5, but they also become a 4-2-5. The 4-2-5 comes from Gvardiol going out on that left-hand side, Diaz shifting across, and Edison actively becoming an outfield player. That's where you get the 4-2-5. Doesn't happen all the time, but we're going to show you some heat maps, and you'll see it on the heat maps. But generally, this is where they become their three at the back. Now, it's similar to how Aston Villa are trying to do when we play away from home. By having three centre-halves in your team, what you have is you have complete control, but you also have the ability to defend on a 1v1 scenario. If you look at general centre-halves, you look at, we'll say general centre-halves, we'll look at centre-halves, centre-backs. They generally can defend on a 1v1. You look at Konsa, you look at Van Dijk, you look at Stones, you look at Diaz, you look at Vardial. They can all defend in that 1v1 Thiago Silva very, very well. So if you get an attack against Manchester City and you leave yourself short at the back, they're able to counteract this with their 1v1 defending, which is absolutely fantastic. Then we have the spearheading central midfield of Rodri, the conductor. Everything comes from Rodri. The calmness. The, the progressive passes. He's an unbelievable player. And for me, probably the best, well, he is the best central midfielder in the Premier League. You know, and he even tucks his shirt in. He's, he's that good. He, he doesn't have to look cool. He's just tucked his shirt in and he gets the job done. So the conductor in the middle is Rodri. And then we get the front five, the five that do the damage. So you can see that you've got five five players uh, at the back, and then you've got five in attack. You can see that they adopt their, their box midfield. They also have a box midfield. And the, the problem that Man City have faced and what Pep has tried to look at is the way in which teams set up against Manchester City, generally for a number of years, it's been low block, low block, low block. And how does Pep negate the low block? Well, generally they win most games that they negate the low block very well. But this false winger is something that they have employed this season. And the false winger and setting of traps is something that has transformed Manchester City going forward this season. So if we take Doku as well, the introduction of Doku has been amazing because what Doku enables them to do is he enables the dribbles, he enables that area that heat map of Doku trying to get defenders 1v1 is something that they have been absolutely fantastic with. But they also set in of traps. Now, against Spurs, what Man City were doing was focusing their, their play on that right-hand side. 
Everything was focused on the right-hand side against Spurs. And what that enabled them to do is suck Spurs into the right-hand side, which left Doku in acres of space to exploit the left-hand side. Unlike Jack Grealish, when Grealish plays, and Grealish is more of a... Grealish is more of a looking after the ball, keeping hold of the ball, keeping hold of possession. Doku offers something completely different. I think in games, in Champions League games, where they've wanted to have full control, they've wanted to keep the ball, you know, they want to have 70, 80, 85% possession. Grealish is perfect in this role because what Grealish will do, Grealish will look after the ball and just enable Man City to have more of this, more of going into that area, more going into central midfield. Not really too interested in going down there at times, but more about coming inside. But then that allows players like Bernardo Silva, like Alvarez, to go into the these positions here. And Grealish can go into those areas. So the Grealish-Doku vibe is completely different. I think... I don't think you compare both players. I see a lot of people and, you know, general Villa fans saying, you know, Grealish isn't the Grealish of Villa. He's not, I don't think he's in this team to be that player. Uh, and that's my honest opinion on Grealish in this side. Pep's turned him into something different. Whether you think he's better or worse, it doesn't matter because he's winning trophies and he's in a Pep system that's all about the team. It's all about, it's not about an individual. But when you bring in, Doku, it is about an individual, and that's something that has changed for Man City this season because he's all about getting to the byline, taking on players, and we've not really seen that from a Pep team. We've not really seen that from, from the way Pep plays. It's all about possession, and it's all about the team rather than certain individuals. But where the team has changed this season are false wingers, now, you will have a look at heat uh, average positions, and they will generally probably look something like, like that, with Doku a little bit further forward on that left-hand side. But the role of the full swingers, Bernardo Silva is a now a winger for Manchester City, and the little traps that they set, the little blockers that they set. So if you'll see average positions of, uh, of Bernardo Silva, but his heat map is so red in this in this area in this area here you will see in these zones and then you will also see someone like Alvarez his heat map will also be in these areas as well and the role of sort of like Foden actively having a space outside and then Bernardo Silva overlapping, creating that false winger vibe. Alvarez creating that false winger vibe. The rotation of this team is just absolutely fantastic and it, and it is brilliant to watch. So obviously this game is going to be really difficult for Aston Villa. It's Manchester City. We are going to have to relinquish some of the ball, most of the ball. And it's going to be how can we get the best out of our team to hurt this Manchester City team. But there are players that are going to be out for Manchester City. And the big one, the big one who is going to be out is Rodri. 
Rodri is out suspended. For him to be out, it's absolutely massive. They generally do tend to struggle when he's out of the team. So for Villa, that is a massive, massive plus point for him to be out. We have got Doku, who had a knock and came off in this game. With the short space turnaround of this game, I imagine he would be out. And Jack Grealish is out of this game. I tend to think for the nature of the game, it's probably a bit of a blow that Grealish is out. It's not a blow on the pitch. It's a blow off the pitch. Because I think Grealish would have took the attention away from what was happening on the pitch with the crowd. And I think Villa could potentially have used that to their advantage. However small, however minute that advantage might be, him not being there probably is a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, so... He's out. He's not playing. He's suspended. So the interesting thing is, what are Manchester City going to do with Rodri being out of this team? And we've seen that John Stones has been on the bench quite a bit. I would imagine, and I'm going to try and think like Pep, which is very, very difficult. What do they do in central midfield? Well, they could bring in Kovacic, who is a progressive passer, who is a progressive ball carrier. So that would be an option. Mateus Nunes wasn't on the bench, so we're not sure there. But then there could also, if it's not Kovacic, it could be Phillips. Now, if it's Phillips, okay, I think I'd feel okay about that. What I think they're going to do is I don't think it's going to be Phillips. I think it's going to be Kovacic. So I think Kovacic is going to potentially go in there, but I think there's going to be a change at the back. I think Akanji's going to come out and I think John Stones is going to get his start. And I think I think Pep's been protecting Stones. I think he's been protecting him because I think he has been sort of looking at him and, and just with his injuries, I think he wants him at the end of the season. We know Man City come good at the end of the season. I think Stones goes in there. And what that will do is it will give them the strength of Rodri, but also a passing na nature of Kovacic. And I think that would probably complement that sort of him not being out. I don't think he rates Phillips really, Pep. I really don't. But then what does he do with the Doku and the Grealish vibe, which is going to be a massive, massive blow in itself as well. And I actually think it could potentially be Rico Lewis that comes in. I think what we could see is Bernardo Silva moving over to this side, Alves moving over, and then Rico Lewis going over there. So what you will get is you will get Foden a little bit more central, but we know he can go out there. It can be a blocker, and we know it can all rotate. You've got Silva, who can be that false winger, and it can all rotate as well. So I, I would imagine it might look something similar to this. But what we are seeing as well from the back with uh, Gvardiol is Gvardiol getting into these into these areas as well. These areas dribbling, passing balls into silver. But what they are also doing as well is rotating how they build up play as well. So you've got balls that are going into Alvarez as well. So we've really got to watch out for Gvardiol. He's a massive player for him as well with balls going into these areas. And then you'll start to get rotation of players moving, moving into these areas. Guardiola steps up. Everybody starts stepping up. 
and then they are literally left with that two at the back. So that's a little bit of from the tactical pad. But what we'll do now is we'll go and have a look and just show what I was talking about with their player positions as well. So we've got, this is how Manchester City lined up, the 3-2-5. And then you can really see the average positions. Doku, highest player, number 11, 24, 3, 2. Those are the three at the back, two in the middle. And then you've got rotation with the um, false wingers. And then when I spoke about Edison's starting position, look at his heat map. So look at where, you know, you've got that tip where, you know, they're, they're not goal kicks. He's actively playing as an, as an advanced player in this team. Jeremy Doku is out, but I'm just trying to show you how they play. Um, so you can see from his heat map um, that, you know, that driving force into that 18-yard box is something of an individual performance that we've not really seen from Man City. Gavardio, look how high his position in, in that heat map is. And look how, you know, he's getting those runs, getting into advanced areas. There we've got Phil Foden, who is playing out wide. You've got his heat map on that left-hand side, getting into more advanced areas as well. Julian Alvarez. Now, this is where we start to get to these false wingers. Look where his average position is, but look where his heat map is on that on that right-hand side, hugging that touchline. And then the same can be said about Bernardo Silva. Look where his average position is, but look where his heat map is as that winger on that side. So that rotation is just something that we've really, really got to watch out for. I've got some average positions of opposition teams that have got joy against Manchester City. We've got the Liverpool uh, draw that they got at the Etihad. So you can see that they were quite aggressive. Their average position had structure in central midfield, but they had focal points to their team. They had two players that were doing some damage, Salah and Nunes. Both of them were in space in this game and managed to get some joy. Nunes should have had two goals uh, if it wasn't for his finishing. The counteracting side, where you sit with a mid to low block, a different type of tactic against Man City. Some teams this season are going for it and are attacking. The opposite teams are sitting with a low block. I don't like this against Man City. Because if you sit with a low block against Man City, it's just, you're just waiting. It's a lucky result from Wolves because it's a fine margins. How many times can a ball go across the 18-yard box without someone tapping it in? How can you defend like this for 100 plus minutes? And, and I mean, they got the win. But what I'm saying is you do that nine times out of 10 and you'll end up losing the game against Man City. So that sort of defending, I'm not really a fan of against Man City. We've seen, we've been there in the past. How many batterings have we had against Man City where he completely not in the game? And we have evolved since then. And I imagine that we are going to not play this type of way because I don't want to watch this, to be honest. We've got uh, Arsenal. You know, look look how many players Arsenal committed against Manchester City. You know, they really took the game to Man City and they got joy. They beat Man City. And then finally, we've got Chelsea, who got the draw as well. And their team, quite expansive. But at the back, you know, leaving three players at the back. But centrally, quite congested. But again, a two up top 
got some joy in this game as well. So, um, very, very interesting how those different types of teams, those different types of styles got some joy against Manchester City. Now, I am going to show you some pictures that give me so much joy in looking at because there's a vulnerability to Manchester City this season. So let's have a look at Manchester City. This was against Spurs. And this was where the Spurs goal came from. And for me, this is the area and these are the positions that Aston Villa need to get into against Manchester City. A 2v2 with pace. There's two ways I think Aston Villa can get joy against Manchester City. And it is pace and dribbling. Pace and dribbling are two ways in which Villa potentially will get something from this game. And this image gives me some confidence. We've got another image of a player picking up space in this area that also will give me some confidence. And I'm already eyeing one player for Aston Villa who is going to break through there. So we have also got another image of uh, showing you how dribbling can cause damage against Manchester City take players out of their natural positions, make them feel uncomfortable. And then again, pace, power, a dribbling ability, committing players forward. And then finally, I was just going to show you Wolves sitting in that low block. I mean, you look, I mean, he's an inch away from scoring. And I just wanted to highlight that one. And then finally, again, space to exploit Commit players forward, go for it. Just go for it. Because if you sit back, they're going to pick you off eventually. And yeah, I think I think we've got to go for it. So what I'm going to do now is, is an action-packed episode. We've got loads that I'm going through. Uh, I don't edit none of these videos either. So when I do these episodes, I am going off the cuff, just going for it, going rogue. Um, so I'm trying to remember as I speak what I'm meant to be doing. But now we're going to go back to the tactical pad. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to now show you my lineup against um my lineup against Manchester City. Right. So we get Man City's formation and we'll just averagely put them where they're probably going to be. That this is where they're probably going to be all game. Right, so let's go Villa then. And I spoke about dribbling <coughs> and I've spoke about pace and I've spoke about power. And do we need to change the way we're playing at home? Do we need to adopt the formation that we have done away from home? My answer is no. We need to stick with the same formation that we have been doing for the 13 games that we've won. So in goal, Emi Martinez, Consa and Pau. Consa is going to be on him. Consa's job is to rough him up, rough him up and stick on him and just be the one that just actively is the aggressor on Haaland. We are going to go with Cash and we're going to go with Luca Dean. Cash has got an important role. Cash has to put in one of his better performances. 
like he did against Matoma. And without Doku, without Grealish, I think that's why I'm going with Cash. Had Doku played, I may have been inclined to put Concer out there because who is Villa's best 1v1 defender? It's Concer. Without him, and it looks like he probably isn't going to play, then I'm going to go with Matty Cash. Then we're going to go double pivot of Dougie Luis and Bubakar Kamara. We know Kamara is going to be actively screening in there anyway, so he's going to be sitting <coughs> in and around that zone anyway. But having him back in there is going to be absolutely massive for Aston Villa because if he does go there and we do get on a bit of a break, then Cash can go forward and we know that Kamara will be the player that's going to sit in there as well. So that would be where I would go. McGinn also has to have an absolute monster game and he's going to be sitting on that right-hand side for me and he's going to be disrupting Silva, the, the defender that sits in that area and John McGinn's role is going to be absolutely huge. And then on the opposite side, I've spoke about dribbling and a player for me who is absolutely crucial for this game and has to play in this game is Jacob Ramsey. Ramsey has to start. 100% he has to start. We've got to pick our best team. And we haven't had our best team all season. This is our best team so far. But what we need from Ramsey is the dribbling ability. And then up top, we are going to go with... Let's just find them. Ollie Watkins and Moussa Diaby. That is what we are going to go with. So if we are going to say we are going to be looking at something similar to this in this game, with these stepping up and with him over there and with the back two looking something similar to that, we talk about average positions here. Who's important for Villa? What have we got to do? We've got to play out from the back very, very well. But we've also seen a little bit of a vulnerability from Man City with the ball going long at times. So I'm going to highlight, I'm going to highlight some players for me that are really, really important for Aston Villa in this game. So we're going to, we're going to highlight um, some players. So for me, Pau Torres has an important role when playing out from the back because what we want is for the balls to go into Luca Dean but balls to go into Jacob Ramsey. It's so important that we can find that ball to Jacob Ramsey. If we can find the ball to Jacob Ramsey and he can beat a man and actively progress through there, and exploit Manchester City, Aston Villa on the break with these two players will be deadly. That is one area that I think is massively important. Another area would be Moussa Diaby drifting out onto that, that right-hand side and for him cutting into that area as well and just sort of dribbling with the ball and trying to get Gvardiol 1v1. And then we've just got Ollie Watkins, you know, run your socks off into 
these channels into these areas and also the width that we've got to have as well. We've really got to have width and push these players back. Cash has got to have width. Cash has got to get forward. And we've also got to have midfield runner from Dougie Louise as well. It's going to be difficult on the ball and we're going to have to take some risks. But I think we've got players that can that can make the difference and we can really try and get some joy. Obviously, it's Man City. They're a fantastic, fantastic team. But for me, if I see this team at sort of 7.15 on, on when, uh, Wednesday game, Wednesday, then I'll be over the moon because I think we've got things that can hurt Man City. And Pau is massively important. Louise is important. Jacob Ramsey is so important. And Diaby Watkins. Watkins showed me the other day that if he has one chance and scores, absolutely perfect. Um, so those are some areas that I've highlighted. This is my team. This is what I think we can do against Manchester City. So let's now go and have a little look at some of the uh, stats and the build-up to the game. And so, as you can see, we have got this graphic that I like to keep showing you about team style, teams, how they play. And you can see Manchester City slow and intricate on a five-point, what is that, 5.6 passing um, sequence. You know, they are the kings of keeping the ball, keeping possession. And then Villa are still inside that sort of slow and intricate phase, which is good from a, a possession-based team. Manchester City, this is their graphic on where they get most of their ball time. And as you can see, the blue is where they dominate most games. The red is where the opposition team dominate most games, probably picking the ball at the back of the net. And then the grey are contested areas. So you can see on that right-hand side where I highlighted DRB, Cash, that little graphic there. We can get some joy there. Absolutely massive. Uh, you can see the passing network against Spurs, Rodri, the linchpin. And then you look at the darker lines. You know, look at the darker lines. Where where are they actively passing? Gvardial to Doku, Rodri to Gvardial, Rodri to Foden, Walker to Silva, and Walker to Foden. Those are their main passing networks. And as you can see, this was the Spurs passing network. Vicario to Royal. So Royale was getting a little bit of joy on the ball. The ball into Basuma. And can we hurt them on the counter? This was the shot map by XG. So you can see Manchester City, heavily dominant. Spurs, not so much, but, you know, they've got pace and they were able to score three goals. You've got Manchester City's danger creation, quite central. And then you've got the shot map with XG. Manchester City's 2.84, Tottenham. 0.87 and then we have Tottenham's danger creation through the middle as well so our head-to-head -head record not great reading we've got 46 games Villa seven wins five at home two away we've got 10 away wins for Manchester City we have this season we are conceding 1.4 goals per match Man City are conceding 1.1 so you know they are conceding a goal a game uh, they're scoring 2.6 per game. We're scoring 2.4. We've lost three. They've lost two. Drawn two, Villa. Drawn three, Man City. And we've both won nine games each this season. 
So we haven't actually fared that bad against Man City in recent years. Uh, we've got a 3-2. That was on the last day of the season. The Coutinho's decent performance. We've got the 1-1. I mean, how on earth did Gerard get a 1-1 against Man City? Christ! And then we've got the 3-1 at the Etihad uh, at the end of the last season. Form guide Villa are in better form going into this than Manchester City, which is absolutely mental. Um, so that's absolutely mad that we're in better form than them. Um, so that's quite, quite crazy. So I've tried to show you how Manchester City play. I've showed you how I think Aston Villa can exploit Manchester City. Big game. And I just hope we, we bring our A game. If we bring our A game, we have to be near perfect. Um, I think hopefully we can do really, really well. Now, if I'm being honest, Villa fans, which I have to be, and I have to give a score prediction, in my head for the last couple of weeks as this game's came about, I've thought of a scenario, and the scenario goes like this, and this is my honest scenario of what's about to happen. I think we play very, very well against Manchester City. I think we go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Manchester City, but I think we fall short, only just fall short. And I think it, we are going to have a narrow defeat, and I think we're going to lose 3-2. I think we're going to score goals. I think we're going to get joy. I think it's going to be one of those performances where we get applauded off the pitch. And I think everybody looks at Villa and goes, you know what? They are a really, really good side and they are a very dangerous side. But what I think it does is I think it gives us belief and I think we learn. And I think there are key things that we will learn from this game, which we take into the game against Arsenal. And I think we beat Arsenal. I think Aston Villa beat Arsenal next Saturday. And I think from having this game... And it feels like this is a bit of a warm-up. And then we have the game against Arsenal and we learn from what we've just had. That's how I see these next two games going. A narrow defeat and I think we beat Arsenal. So I've spoke for 34 minutes completely off the cuff, unedited, talking about Manchester City tactically, which is very, very difficult to try and remember everything that you've got wrote down as well, which I think... I think I've remembered absolutely everything. Yes, I have. So, hope you've enjoyed it. It's going to be a massive game. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Let's try and do it, right? So, thank you, everybody, if you have got this far. If you can do me a favour and subscribe to the channel, if you can comment your thoughts, if you can drop a like, that's absolutely massive. Um... And I'm trying to push myself on this channel as well. I'm trying to take it into sort of different directions with different concepts. So I'm trying to talk about opposition teams as well. And, and that it's really, honestly, it's quite difficult talking about opposition teams because you've got to show a bit of bravery about doing it, Villa fans. You've got to be brave talking about opposition teams because they're not your teams and... Um, so with this tactical aspect that I'm trying to bring, it's something different. And, and I think quite a lot of you are enjoying it as well. And, um, yeah, hopefully you've, you've gained something from it as well. And, um, 
you're enjoying the content on the channel. Um, you know, match previews, predicted lineups. There will be no predicted lineup for this one. We're going to go straight into the opposition preview. Um, I've kind of done it all in this episode for you as well. You know, we've got opposition previews. We're doing fan cams. We are doing um, press conferences. We won't do the press conference for this one either. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying to just do different concepts that you get something a bit different from every single one rather than the same vibe every single episode. So um, I'm trying to push myself, trying to push this channel as well. And with your support, you can help us get, you know, bigger, 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 bigger. Um, so, yeah. Um, cheers, everyone. Enjoy it. Up the villa.